So you know, Big Doss, I was thinking, and all these people in Washington, D.C., I do have some pieces of advice for all of you. What are those, Beverly Amore? Here they are. Call your mother. How you doing? Don't eat cheese logs. How you doing? Rotate your tires. How you doing? Don't wear socks and sandals. How you doing? Make your bed. How you doing? Always get enough pizza for all your buddies. How you doing? And never, ever mess with the cats of Main Event Status Radio or the doghouse. Bada bee, bada boom, Rudolph's guys in the room, how you doing? Yeah! Hey, dirty dog, I hear you calling. I think it's time for the show. The sleep hold has got me confused, but maybe here we go. Mr. Hills and the dog from Maine, Event Status Radio. They're recording again. <laughs> Bagels and biceps all over my screen. What are we supposed to do? From a vice to tapping out, giraffes to new champions, battle lines being drawn to having no need for enhancement. I am the Dirty Dog. This is Main Event Status Radio. On the other side of Skype, and the commissioner of the 90210, Mr. Beverly Hills. How you doing? I'm doing well. I have to say that I would probably be at best the general manager, while my wife is certainly the commissioner. <laughs> I am. I'm definitely the Mick Foley. The the head trauma having <laughs> bumbling through his lines, uh, barely put together type. While she is the Stephanie McMahon who truly rules the roost. I was just saying, if you're Mick Foley, I'm kind of sad that you don't have that long hair. You don't have the big old beard. <laughs> I know I don't have my beard today, but yeah. well, you know. talking about that when I was at my buddy, my normal buddy's place, I go over for the pay-per-views for for Battleground okay. last week, yeah. and he had one of his high high school, you know, high school buddies and all that, and this buddy is not a wrestling fan. Okay, so it was kind of cool cool during the pay-per-view to get somebody you know somebody who doesn't keep up with everything's their opinion. And sure, it was cool that when Mick Foley came out, how did this friend say? Approach compared Mick Foley to Charles Manson. <laughs> He does. He looks like a fat version, but yeah, he does kind of look like him. Yeah, that's that made me laugh. I'm like, I need to remember that to mention it here on Mid Event Status Radio when we yeah. review Allison Battleground from last weekend. Yeah, I would say he looks like a fat Charles Manson. I get that. I get and, that. And I have to ask Mr. Beverly Hills since you're the history buff, you're the history teacher. Okay. Just a random question: Why is okay. Washington D.C. a town on itself and not? part of a state okay good question i do have the answer for that so mo uh i wouldn't say most countries in the world but many countries in the world their their capital their national capital is separate from the rest of the country um and there's a there's a distinct reason why and in our country it's because um how our states are are 
ran and operated in reference to the national uh, politics. You know how you know we're in a uh, an election year, and come November to win the um, you know win the the championship, <laughs> the presidency. <laughs> you have to get two hundred seventy electoral votes. Each state has electoral votes. They didn't want the the people who uh, serve in Congress, the people who um, uh, live in Washington D.C. to have a kind of stake in in that. Oh, makes sense. Now that's that's kind of like the bigger kind of like philosophical reason, but there's also a really practical reason too that happened when we were picking the national capital early in our in our country's infancy, and that's just because. We couldn't decide who wanted it, and it was just like a fairness thing. You know, Virginia wanted it. Uh, New York City wanted it. It was the big. Uh, well, it was one of the biggest cities. Philadelphia wanted it. it was uh, at the time the biggest city. Um, Some place in the South wanted it to balance it. So our founding fathers, you know, kind of the geniuses that they were. Um, you know, in constructing this country that's been around almost 250 years, said, you know what, no one gets it. We're going to carve out this piece between Maryland and Virginia. That's where it'll be. It's not part of a state. No one gets it. No one gets to say we are the ones that have the the capital. And that's it. Makes sense. That yeah. totally makes sense because yeah, I was just thinking about that when getting the notes together and all that, like, Mr. Beverly Hills would be the man to answer that for me. Yeah, yep, yep. It's just, yeah, it, it boils down to just, like, you don't want one state to have more power than the rest when we were trying to come up with our our weird republic that we have where there's shared governance between states and a national government. So. You know, just because you give me that history lesson, Mr. Beverly Hills, I, I have to open up the main event status radio. Wow. Dr. Pepper throwback. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Sir. Definitely the main event of the podcast. You give me that history oh, wow. lesson. We hit early. We hit early with that one. Hey, man, if you want to, I don't know if you want me to give you history lessons every week of where we are or something. I certainly could do that. I like you peak early and go downhill after that. <laughs> Somebody, I don't even know who it was or if I was listening to something <laughs> old to, today, but they said. Start low and go down from there. <laughs> that's about that's about true there. <laughs> so before we get into battleground and all that, I wanted to—I told you I wanted to talk about two movies <laughs> that I've seen over the last few weekends because sure. I was doing the podcast on the Doghouse podcast and many of it said it's radio. We all know that I'm not in pop culture, right? So I wanted to. You know, I was a big Ghostbusters fan, one, movies one and two, when they were out, and when I heard rumblings that they're making a third movie, I was super excited, and as of us recording it, the new Ghostbusters movie, easy for me to say, I'm just that excited, came out two weekends ago and all that, I got a bunch of friends to go with, I'll talk about that after after my review of Star Trek Beyond that I watched last <laughs> I just weekend. Just because I'm excited. 
that excited. I want, I'll jump. I want to jump in for a second. Okay. But between the history and the and this, you're talking about like getting into pop culture. I feel like this new series of main event status radio could be subtitled like the education of Dirty Dog Darcy. <laughs> like by the end of it, you know, however many years, episodes, whatever, <laughs> by the end, you're just like this person who is now just this cosmopolitan who knows everything about you know U.S. history, everything about pop culture. You're just like up on everything. I just feel like that would be hilarious. Uh, I might start wearing suspenders like Bob Backlund and somebody oh, when somebody wants to wants my autograph, I'll have those they had to answer a couple of series of questions. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he ask like random like president questions? Like who's the 26th president or if, something like that? I, I've heard like years ago he made, when people randomly ask like out in public that if they want his autograph, they got to tell him who, yeah, go through the list of presidents. If they, That's what I thought. And all that. If they get messed up, they don't get his autograph or something Ooh, like that. I don't even think I could get his autograph and every day during school I look at the series of presidents on my board so I don't know I don't know if I could even do it but Star Trek well I guess I want to talk about Star Trek because I know pretty little or nothing about Star Trek that oh okay okay. I know I don't really remember I don't remember at all watched ever watching Star Trek the TV show series on TV or Netflix or whatever else I never watched any of the previous movies to kind of build up to it, so I went into it cold turkey. Wow, so you haven't even watched any of the newer, the the two newest of the series? The, no, I haven't. The ones with Chris Pine? Yeah, okay. No, I, no, I haven't. So that's what I want to start out with because I don't, I, I'm not able to really talk much about it, but little going into it, I didn't feel like, to me, it didn't feel like it was a two hour movie while watching it live in the theaters. So good, good. That's thing a good, that it went quickly. Okay. Yeah, it was a good thing they went quickly. I felt like it was jam packed with action. I really liked the storyline. I felt like I was able to get to know the main characters within the two hour movie. I think it was like 122 minutes or whatever it was. I felt like I it, to me it didn't feel like it was a two hour movie. It's not like okay. a three hour rod nowadays where it overstays its welcome like an hour and a half into it. I felt like the Star Trek movie was good. I liked it. Okay. Uh, I even, I'm even considering going back to watch the previous two movies to help give me help make me understand more of the context of the movie I just watched. Sure, I'm sure you should. Then busting Mr. Beverly Hills makes me feel good. Okay, yeah, that's uh, my favorite part of that song. We so there's the, there's apparently this series this summer on ABC called greatest hits or something and basically they just have old people come and sing their songs <laughs> so they had ray parker jr on he sang the ghostbusters song and i put it on hulu because i whatever we were just going through what's on hulu and uh, i was like oh it's getting to my best part and my favorite part and then busted makes me feel good so yeah go Cause, for it because i was listening listening to that last night uh and that, that that sound, and also I noticed in the sound, it also has like a beat where I feel like Disco Inferno's theme song came out of. So it was like, <laughs> Maybe. goes like yeah, 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 or whatever. Oh. <laughs> Just how they said it reminded me a lot of like a couple of second clip from the Disco Inferno's theme song in WCW. Sure. <laughs> but, but anyway, I was super excited when Ghostbusters answered the call came out and all that. I was excited. I got I think it was like five of my of my closer co-workers with. We went and saw it late Sunday night of the opening weekend. 
And just to let you know, Mr. Beverly Hills, it was six of us and a random seventh person that came into the movie theater to watch it, but oh. watch with us. Wow! So what day? I you may have said it, but I was reading about yeah. Star Trek. What day did you go? It was Sunday night, so I think. It was oh, okay, like, okay, fair enough. It was like a ten forty show, so obviously most normal people were were in bed and you <laughs> know that. So I I understand that. Um. Movie theaters are open on Sundays for ten forty showings. Yeah, because I think I think there was also one more later, one or two more later showings after that what? too. Yeah, that's what I was surprised at. Huh? I feel like that's a waste of money. You you keep you're keeping workers on for people for ten forty and later showings. Yeah, I, I bet I feel like a real old fart talking right now, right? Like, where there shouldn't be any after three p.m. because that's when I go to bed. Like, what? Well, anyways, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I didn't give you crap. I went into the movie not what not expected it to be anything like the original too, because okay. I felt like that would be yeah. To me, that would be unfair as a big Ghostbusters fan to expect this new one, this reboot, to be anything like the original two. And I felt like, well, I mean, that's pretty, that's really the only expectations I had for the movie. And that movie blew away whatever expectations I had. The Good. CGI stuff was great. I jumped a few different times when the animated ghost jumped out. And, and uh, the first ghost... Like vomited slime on one of the Ghostbuster <laughs> gals, and that made me pop really loud. And oh, after jumping, like, oh, hopefully nobody saw me because <laughs> funny if it is, I was sitting like front row too, and everybody else was sitting behind me. Okay, but so I had a question yeah. for you. So I'm, I'm very, I feel like not ah, ah. Travelocity, get out of here. <laughs> um, I was reading about the Star Trek guy. So. I'm. I feel. I hope that I'm plugged into internet culture. There are all these like dumb farts who are like, "This movie ruined my childhood because it was girls as the Ghostbusters." Would you agree or disagree? I would disagree because okay, I, I have. You know, I guess I haven't like full sat down fully and read reviews or listened to podcasts reviewing the new Ghostbusters movie, but I've. A few other coworkers I've talked to, they so that they've listened to, like Flying Brian, for example. He's listened to podcasts reviewing the new Ghostbusters movie, and a lot of people shat, are shatting on the new Ghostbusters movie. And I don't, honestly, I don't know what they're talking about. Okay, but then again, you of all people, Mr. Beverly Hills, know that I, my taste for things in pop culture are aren't always the greatest either. Oh, hey, I think you're fine, man. Again, the education of Dirty Dog. It's coming around. But it's people, coming around. You're watching TV shows. You're going out to movies. It's it's happening. It is a happening. <laughs> thank, thank dare you, you say. Thank you, Gorilla. But I guess <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I felt like the movie also gave uh, gave a, gave the viewers a chance to get to know each of the four main character ladies, cool. the Ghostbusters, and also their male, their male phone answerer. Usually you would call that a receptionist. <laughs> I could, uh, not, I, I, not a phone answerer. <laughs> I couldn't think of the receptionist's name, so <laughs> I just put male phone answerer in my phone notes. Phone answerer. 
Sorry to disclaimer. Sorry to all the receptionists out there. We know your job is more important than phone answerer. <laughs> but I, to me, it was really nice to see cameos from Bill Murray, who played a debunker, uh, Dan Aykroyd, who played a cab driver, Ernie Hudson, who played the who played the uncle to one of the Lady Ghostbusters, who owned a funeral home, which is how they got their two new Ghostbuster vehicles. Oh, okay, and. And in uh, in, uh, Annie Potts, who was the res- original receptionist. Old answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't realize it was her because she played a hotel desk clerk. I didn't, okay. re- I didn't realize. I haven't seen her in years, so I wouldn't even know what she looks well, like. That, too. And yeah. I guess the only reference I know of her is from the two original Ghostbusters movies. Sure. So this was like 30 years later. Well, the next movie you should, or the next TV show you should watch is Designing Women. She <laughs> was on that. So. Uh, <laughs> This should be designing the dog. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't realize it was her until she said, What do you want? And okay. All that. So, like, oh, it's her. It is okay. also also great. Was there a hologram of Harold Ramis in it? No, but, no, sadly. <laughs> but the biggest... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just pictured a hologram of him walking across. I'm the biggest cameo I have to mention, Mr. Beverly Hills, which I know I'll get a pop from you, okay. is probably the greatest raw guest host ever. Ozzy Osbourne. Yes, Ozzy Osbourne yeah! made an appearance, and that made me pop like, where's Mr. Beverly Hills when I need him? I thought about doing that in my chair, standing up, rattling to the movie, sitting back down, <laughs> standing back up, sitting back down, but I didn't. Oh, but to make you laugh though too, Mr. Now that all sorry, no now that all the Raws are all the Raws are on the network, right? Like I, going back ninety three to now. I haven't honestly I haven't looked in like months. Maybe they haven't filled in, but whenever that comes on We should we're, review it. We're watching we're watching the, <laughs> the Ozzy Osbourne one and reviewing it. And I also had to mention this to you because you would laugh. That yeah, because I was sitting in the front row by myself and my coworker buddy. The front row, gross. Well, not like the front row, front row, but you know when you walk in hall, there's like the lower seats and there's a like rest of the stadium. Oh seats. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. sat in the front row of the rest of the stadium seats. Oh, that's the best seat in the house. I I greatly apologize. Then you can put your feet up on the exactly. rail. Exactly. So yeah, you know, okay. All my, all my coworkers, all the coworkers that came with, sat behind you, and randomly. <laughs> When the movie, when like the preview started, one of them was like down in the front, like <laughs> I'm sitting down already. Like what? Like shut up! Like whatever. Then during the movie, shut up. randomly, <laughs> randomly, they were throwing like popcorn and candy at me and hit me in the back of the head Some just dicks. just to get react a reaction on me. I'm like you know what? I'm gonna no sell this. God, you so, should have. Freaking kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> so at the end of the movie, during their credits, I was to continue sitting down and watching. They all came down and was looking at me. I looked at him with their cursed circle scowl on my face. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you want? After throwing all that candy at me, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> then, then they laughed at me. <laughs> Then, oh. That was an anti-climax of the story. Then they laughed at me. Yes. Oh, well, think of it. Tie, to tie this back to Star Trek, that my buddy and I went, well, because we, we originally went, wanted to go to the 945 show. Okay. And me being confused as I am, more than all I like to admit, 
I was looking, looking at the times before I got my ticket, and I saw the 945 show, and I saw the 1040 show. Okay. I'm like, why are they showing two different screenings in five minutes apart? <laughs> okay, well, that sometimes happens, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why it was actually 55 minutes apart, not five minutes apart. For a certain <laughs> reason, I thought 945 and 1040 were like five minutes apart. Oh, Jesus. So I'm like, okay, we're, we originally went to go to the 945 show. Okay. I got my ticket. Yeah, I want the 1040 show. Okay. My buddy got his ticket, then he's like, you know, we're going to wait around for an hour, right? Oh, jeez. Wait, what? What do you mean? Uh, you said that you, you wanted the 1040 show, so I got a ticket for the 1040 show, too. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. So I thought, okay, for, my bad. I bought a big old tub of popcorn and some Skittles. And you ate it for an hour? Not the whole thing, but I was kind of munching on it, you know, killing time watching people walk around. Slowest eater ever. How? <laughs> and you would laugh at the end of Star Trek when the lights came back and I looked at my tub. It's empty. Jeez. <laughs> then I looked at my Skittles container. It's empty. <laughs> and it's just like a machine. You just like eat it for like four hours straight, bro. I thought about during you know when when uh, the Star Trek movie was ending. I thought about being a wise guy. If I knew the person <laughs> person in front of me, I was gonna sit up and say horse manure and just don't rush the. the Why uh, would you say horse manure? I'm sure that's a reference to something. What is it? One of my coworkers at work oh, used to okay. yell out horse manure, but instead of horse manure, they well, duh. Say the, okay, I get it. So I wanted to say horse manure like I didn't like the movie and dump rush the popcorn on the person ahead of me. I'm like, I don't know the person. I don't want to be a jerk. You're an ass. What the hell? And I was wearing flip-flops, so I wasn't able to run that far. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to. Because on a, on a normal circumstance, you're a sprinter, so you just yes. fire out of there. But oh, it's the it's the flip flops holding me back. If I was if I was wearing shoes, I'm Carl Lewis. But and I don't know Mr. Wonderful poor Orndorff, so I wasn't gonna try to fight them with my sandals on. Orndorff, 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 whatever. <laughs> don't judge me for how I speak, Orla. Wasn't the famous flip flops the Good. the Haku story? Maybe, but I thought also when or uh, Mr. Waterfall thought Orndorff thought Vader back in WCW backstage, Vader attacked him when he was wearing flip flops or okay. just wearing a towel or something. Okay, I'm sorry, I don't. I'm no, you're right. Backstage date. fight stories: Vader versus Paul Orndorff. Okay. Orndorff wearing sandals or flip flops reportedly stomped Vader out. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank yep, you for thank you for getting the story it. correct, Mr. Beverly Hills. I appreciate no, I it. I got you, man. I got you. So, is there any other pop culture stuff that you want to talk about before we kick into a break? Before we do our review, um, I well, you know, I mean, I know it's been around for a long time, but I, like I said, we tried the the Hulu for a week trial and. Uh, people have always kind of talked about how great it is to watch an hour and a half version of Raw and uh, even less uh, version of SmackDown. And I did it this week, and it is. It's amazing. It flies by. It's tremendous. It cuts out the bad matches. It cuts out all of the um, entrances. And, you know, if anyone has, like, problems sitting through a three-hour 
Raw, which I know I would. I know I would never be able to watch it. Um, watching a, a brisk 90-minute one is so easy. It's amazing. Okay. So Yeah, because I've heard that from other friends, too, that they yeah. enjoy the 90-minute version because yeah, they cut out all the crap from the three-hour version and push, give you the give the fans push, uh, what they needed to know to, needed to know in the 90-minute version. Yeah, it's great. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, yeah, so that's that's my big one. I didn't have too much otherwise. Okay, sounds good. We'll kick it, kick it to a break for we can use the potty or shut your legs. Don't do what we need to. <laughs> Did you need to go over what we might do in the break? Like, just kick it. <laughs> okay, I'm kicking it right now. God. <laughs> specify what you might do? Don't judge. Jeez. Rollins measuring his opponent. He was a millisecond away from winning the WWE Championship. Now Rollins looking for the pedigree again on Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, though, looking to, looking to block, looking to counter. Flat-out power from Reigns. That's almost superhuman strength. And so is this. And there's that turnbuckle powerbomb. Superman punch. Wow. And what a follow-through. Spin it. Roman's got him. Ambrose. Prestigious title in the history of sports entertainment. You better tune in to SmackDown Live because we just got the WWE Championship thanks to that lunatic, Dean Ambrose. Shane McMahon is besides himself. Daniel Bryan celebrating. Stephanie and Mick Foley are shocked. Dean Ambrose bucked the odds and he kept the WWE title on SmackDown Live. So Shane and Daniel Bryan know they just dodged a huge bullet here by keeping that championship on SmackDown. And they just pulled a coup de gras is what they pulled. Raw doesn't have the title. SmackDown Live does. I'm Bobby DeBrain Heenan. Whether you like me or not, I don't care. But if you drink and you drive, you're dumb and you're stupid. Show me you got some brains. Prove me wrong. Be a brain yourself. Don't drink. Don't drive. Just walk. Give me the microphone and get out of the way. Let me tell you something. This is Macho Man Country. I'm Randy Savage, and I'm the greatest professional wrestler ever to be in the world. You know where you are right now, little Settle down. You're in Macho Man Country, man. You're in Macho Man Country, man. Listen, a lot of people out there would like to stop me, but they can't. No, they can't. I'm the greatest because I'm too good. In fact, I'm real good, Lance Russell. I'm real good. Somebody said you weren't a good athlete. I'm the best in the world. Hey, sorry. Hey, hey, sorry. Hey, come on now. Don't mess with me. Come on. Macho Man Country right here. Macho Man Country. Good suggestion from Angelo Papo. He said, let's leave these days. Boy, I tell you. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah, I, I hear it. This 
is my domain country. Hey, this is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I wanted to personally thank you for your interest in Ric Flair Finance. Our figure four loan process team of alliances will work hard to get the exact loan you're looking for. Remember, we compete so you don't have to. Thank you. Woo! You know what's funny, though? I actually know somebody that's very close to Brock Lesnar, and he's got a couple messages he wants to relay to you. Okay? Yeah. Brock says that since you've been avoiding him for 15 years, Brock says that you're a coward. His words, not mine. Brock also says that he's going to tear your shoulder apart, rip your arm off, and eat it for breakfast. Brock's words, not mine. And Brock also says, really coincidental about this one, he also says... You're a stupid idiot. Brock's words, not mine. Does that make you mad? Hmm? Got a little twitch thing going there, huh? You're going to give me an RKO out of nowhere? You're going to give me one now? Hmm? RKO out of nowhere. And what now? You're going to take me to Viperville, Randy? Would be now. You're not going to do a damn thing. What's it now? Like I said, you worry about Lesnar at SummerSlam. You stay out of my business. You dig? <laughs> I would love to see. I would love to see that a mosquito on a motorcycle. <laughs> I wish I was a good drawer because I would draw a mosquito on a motorcycle and set it to you. But that would, that would be hilarious. What? There it goes again. <laughs> I love it. One, another thing I love is that we're back from our break here on Main Event Side of Strigal. Talk about the Battleground 2016 pay-per-view last week and, and the fallout and all that groovy for a movie things. Bad reference from earlier in the night. The biggest thing I want to talk about, Mr. Beverly Hills, I think one of the things we should talk about was obviously the WWE Championship match. Dean Ambrose walked in, walked out the WWE champion against Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think the most, I guess, like starting big and working back, I think the most kind of notable thing is that uh, I and I think most people thought going in, well, something's going to happen to separate these championships. Something's going to happen that... We have a disputed finish, or we have a double pin, or we have something that is going to lead to the uh, world title being split in two. And I thought that it was a very kind of daring move to not do that and to, you know, establish that this is our champion. He's the one world champion, and we're going to get behind him. We only put the belt on him one month ago. So this is the guy and this is who we're going with. And I thought, I think just before we even talk about the match, that that was a really kind of a smart move considering they only put it on him a month ago and also kind of a courageous move. I I am definitely excited to see where they're going to go with Dean Ambrose as WWE champion. I also came out this past week on SmackDown Live that Dolph Ziggler is going to be the Mm -hmm. number one contender at SummerSlam against, against Ambrose. I also want to talk, talk about that. And since I brought it up, I'm not a big fan of 
Ziggler is a number one contender because of the last several pay-per-views he's been in the pre-show, you know, losing to uh, Baron Corbin and all that. But I was kind of looking over the SmackDown roster. I really don't know who else could be the number number one contender because Cena, I assume Cena and uh, AJ Styles are going to have one more match at SummerSlam. And that really leaves maybe Ziggler, maybe Bray Wyatt. I really don't know who else could be the number one contender against Ambrose at SummerSlam. Yeah, and you know, like, um, you don't want to mirror Raw too much and do the same thing that they're doing and put a, a new guy on or something like that. You know, you want to uh, be different, and I think... Um, going in a in a complete different direction and you know picking an old guy out of the pile uh wasn't a bad one so well cuz i definitely know that Ziggler and Ambrose are going to have a great a great match if not a good a really good entertaining match at SummerSlam i was just surprised that it was Dolph Ziggler since yeah he was not really built up last few months even though it's like nowadays the network era they that really doesn't matter yeah, and well, and I would say, um, if you were to line up those six, we're getting way off topic, but if you were to line up those six contenders, he'd probably be the last one you would say, you know, would get it. But yeah, getting back to the match, what's your thoughts on Ambrose uh, winning and winning clean? I I was surprised at that. I, I too was like you that I was expecting like a double pin finish or. Something along those lines. I, I am happy that Ambrose walked away clean. I feel like this was probably one of my one of three favorite matches that that I that I that it was one of my favorite three matches. I definitely yeah. liked it. I thought there was no or t- about the match. There was no really downtime. I guess it was a traditional th- triple threat match. You know, sending one guy out for a little yeah, bit, and oh, two guys could they, work. Yeah, but I really liked towards the end where. Uh, Rollins and Ambrose with double team, double team Ray, uh, Reigns to powerbomb through the Spanish announcers table. Oh and yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you know, some of those spots I liked. I really like how the finish came across because, granted, Ambrose or uh, yeah, Ambrose hit his 3D finish maneuver once and it was over. Just came out of the blue. It wasn't like the the Attitude Era finish like we saw it for minutes coming up. That the the finish is ha- gonna happen here within the next couple minutes. Yeah, and also it's not one of those where you have to hit it 20 times for it to be effective. I appreciate that they're going back to that. It seems like that's kind of um, something that was in vogue for a while, and now it's kind of fallen out, and I like that. If, if it's your finishing move, I mean, sometimes you got to think of life as a video game, and, uh, you know, when you hit your finisher, it's over. Yeah, so I've noticed <laughs> that throughout this whole show that, it's very rare that we saw somebody hit two finish maneuvers, and you know, it's most of the time it's one finish maneuver, it's over, and I've, I'm happy about that because we've talked about it many times before in past episodes that if if a guy has a finish finishing maneuver, it should. It's the reason why it's called a finisher. Yeah. It should end the match. So yeah, I'm happy. I mean, that, outside of outside of grudge matches, which we did see earlier in the show. You know, it should be. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is Battleground. It isn't WrestleMania. We shouldn't have to do 
you know, 10 finishers. It's the, it's a, it's a B show. It definitely is. Right. And then to pretend that it's not, would be kind of silly. And we, uh, we, we both have said, you checked your email yet. Yes, I did. And I love seeing the mosquito on a motorcycle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. But kind of tied in with <laughs> our comments about, we were expecting like a double pin on raw that it came out that Seth Rollins and Finn Balor will be facing one another at SummerSlam for the, Universal Championship. Right. And when I first heard that name, Mr. Beverly Hills, I shat on it. I'm like, okay. I want the old, I'm an old school fan. I want the World Heavyweight title back. But when I read a little bit more on the WWE app about the raw results, I guess they named it the Universal yep. title in honor of the WWE Universe. I'm like, yep. okay, I understand that. Make a new, break, make a new world title. Call it something else. That's that's fine. I want to get your thoughts on the name Universal Title and it being Seth Rollins and Finn Balor fighting for the first to be crowned the first champion. Well, I very much had the same thoughts as you when I first read it Monday night that it was going to be the Universal Championship. I thought that was stupid. I thought you know just going above the world title felt weird. But, yeah, once I watched it, their explanation actually made sense. And, I mean, yeah, that's in five years when it's still the Universal Championship. We won't remember that it's called that. But whatever, it made sense at the time. Um, You know, I thought Raw in general on Monday was really good. And I thought, again, going with kind of what I said, like, courageous or kind of daring booking putting Balor as the champion or sorry championship contender was really cool and a very you know kind of interesting thing to do it was fresh out of the gates first night do it um justify his draft position um which I think a few others they didn't you know it's like you were the in the first round and the second round and you're still early on the card or whatever, but they did it with him. They did a good job, and uh, I'm excited for the match. I think it'll be really good. I haven't watched any NXT, I'll admit that, but I've you know, talked with friends who have watched NXT. I hear a lot of great things about Finn Balor, and I'm excited to see him on the big stage, and I know uh, Seth Rollins can pull out a great match, so I'm excited to see Rollins and Balor. They won't need to pull out a great match because Balor's uh, really good on his own. <laughs> well, I know they will pull out a great... I know they... I, I'm excited to see what those two will have because I know, I know Rollins can put on a good match with stuff I've seen with him. I'm excited to see that pairing. Right on. Another match I was super high on Mr. Beverly Hills is the club taking on Enzo More, Big Cass, and John Cena. Okay, yeah. Because I felt, I thought, well, this uh, six-man tag was, in a way it's similar, but in a way it's different from the other six-man tag match that I know we'll hit on here soon enough. One thing I really liked about this match was the crowd was in, in it a lot, and I felt like this match helped put over Enzo and Big Cass. Yeah, you know what I, I see coming out of this is just how, like... Just the stark comparison between how over and popular Enzo and Cass are and how stale, stale is freaking two-month-old bread, rye bread John Cena is. Like, watching him do his shtick and doing the same thing he did 
10 years ago and then seeing no i'm not gonna say it's fantastic or anything but seeing what enzo and cast do and the reaction that they get and the you know very of the moment they are it's just like gosh don't don't the people in charge see this like how different these two acts are um yeah I, so i mean I, yeah they did get a great reaction i think it's uh, mostly due to that tag team yeah uh because I've been noticing since Trustmania, since they've been brought up, that it's like each pay-per-view I see them on, they've been getting more and more of a fan reaction, fan response, and I feel like Enzo is golden on the mic. Yeah. Uh, and I guess one of the things I thought about when I rewatched that match last night was how soon could... Enzo and Big Cass possibly become main event players down the road. I want to want to bring that up to you because I feel like Enzo is probably one of the best guys nowadays in WWE on the mic. Well, I think it really depends on again. I guess my theme on this, I, it depends on how daring they're going to be and are they willing to put a tag team competition in the main event? Because I do think number one, I to get out of the way, I don't think they're anything as singles. Um, I don't think, I don't even think, uh, Cassidy with uh, Enzo as a manager is the same. I think uh, their whole thing of being a tag team is what makes them valuable, but how soon? Well, it's up to them. Uh, there, I think, I think if you look at their reaction, they're, they're probably in the top three or four acts on that show. So definitely way too soon to, to break them up. and Oh, yeah. I'm not calling it, you know, break them up. And so I do agree that as a team, they're more valuable together than separate. And I'm excited to see how Easy. how well those two, uh, see how well they, bec- how better they would become as wrestlers and even on the mic years down the road to maybe have them break up sometime years down the road if that ever happens. But I do, I do agree that, as a team, they are probably one of the highlights on Monday Night Rocks. Yeah, they are on. No, yeah, they're on. Yes, they're on. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see them as one of the main pl- staples on Monday Night Raw here post draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I guess one of the biggest things that I felt like kind of hindered me liking this match was towards the end. Um, okay. How it's like, you know, throughout the match, the referee was. Make, trying to make six all six guys stick to the rules. And okay. At the end of the match, how it was Styles and Cena were the legal two guys, and I think Styles does got knocked out for whatever reason or something along the lines. And all the six guys pretty came in and did spots at the end, and the referee just stood back to the corner, just let things happen. And yeah, I like I can understand. You know, the referee couldn't really keep control of things and I feel like if you would have tried to that would have taken away from the match but to me that I guess that kind of me being a stickler for things that kind of took a little bit away from me from the match I see that but refing and when the ref lets things go and when they're going to be tight that's kind of one of those things that you have to just kind of let go as a fan Fair enough, you know, and, and, and just kind of like I don't know. I mean, yeah, it would be nice if there was consistency throughout. But 
we've watched wrestling long enough to know that that's that's not going to be. So, yeah. but th- I understand. I get, I get where you're coming from. One thing I did pop, and my buddies popped too after I made a after I made a bad joke was when uh, <laughs> was, no, yeah, no, right? Way when Cena hit the AA on the Styles and went for the pin. Anderson pulled Cena off off of him, pulled him to the outside, and spine busted him onto the German announce table. And obviously, it didn't break. So I got a crack. That table must be German built. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. Dude, your friends are idiots. That was a funny no, joke. Well, they, they laughed at it too. Oh, okay. But then I apologize. That I, was a funny joke. I just, I guess most of my jokes, I assume were bad jokes. So. No, that was a that was a good joke. So I give a thumbs up. That yeah, me, German engineering, man. That's what it, that's good. Because that made me laugh when I thought about that, like, right away, like, Right away, like Bobby the Brain, he didn't right when it happened. Then when I rewatched the match last night, when that happened again, I'm like, oh, German yeah. engineering again. No, and, that's all because I mean that's been like now I'm gonna now I'm gonna sound bad, but I can't remember what car company uses that. It's either uh, Mercedes or or Volkswagen, but yeah, they always say German engineering. Yeah, that's been going forty years, I'm sure. So no, that's a good callback, man. That's solid. That's a solid joke. And. I guess one thing I wanted also another thing I want to talk to you about out of this match is that I feel like also this match also helped set up or set up AJ Styles and John Cena at SummerSlam. Oh man, I don't know. I you know when I watched it live, I thought yeah. Then when I thought about it, and then reading back the results here, you know I'm like, gosh, he he really peened it peened him. He pinned him very clean. He did not peen him. Yeah, well, that sounds dirty. Yeah, second but, rope. Yeah, he seen to hit a second rope AA. Yeah. You know that that that's that's really clean. And how do you go? Where do you go from here? And they're gonna have they're gonna have some work to do between now and SummerSlam to give Styles the upper hand or give uh get him something back to make this even because I feel like, you know, we're really in danger of, again, of, you know, the Rusev deal, the Owens deal where the heel gets a first victory and then it's just uh, beat them 30 times until they're nothing. And we're getting dangerously close to that. And I don't, so I don't know where we're going to go with that, I guess. Uh, So after Monday Night Raw, this wasn't going to happen, but, Live after this match, I felt like a possible end zone cash versus Anderson Gallows feud later on down the road. Isn't that where they're going? No, no, no. Anderson and Gallows, Gallows against New Day. Yeah, yeah. But I could definitely see after the Anderson Gallows versus New Day feud, I could possibly see end zone cash maybe cost them the tag team titles or whatever else, continuing that feud because I felt like. You know, those two teams could possibly be a great feud on Monday Night Raw. Well, isn't it just great to see that there's a tag team division that has more than two teams or more than three teams that you can see, oh, you know, that's a, they have chemistry and we can come back to them at some point. Like, that's a nice change of pace and that's cool. You know, yeah, because I, I really like that and... and I was texting with one of my buddies after who I didn't watch a pay per view with after the show, and he asked me. He te- he texted me first and said, "Dog, what's your thoughts on the pay per view?" 
and I told them, to be honest, this was probably one of the better undercards for WWE pay-per-views oh, yeah. that I can remember. I was for sure in 2016, if not probably ever ever since the network started a little over two years ago. And, and you know, again, this is the, what, the third time we've done this this summer of doing the pay-per-views, right? Yeah, I think so, both the, yeah. Um, and uh, again, three times in a row, solid. And I'm happy with that. You know, it's it's great. It's too bad in the more pay-per-view era in the last couple of years. Now I feel like we're more in the network era of pay-per-views where matches weren't so good. And, like, now here we are and matches are good, and that makes me happy as a viewer. And I guess I mentioned how there's three matches I really liked. I want to to talk about my, my other match I like I liked was, like I said, the other six-man match between the New Day and the Wyatt family. That's the third match you liked? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I'll tell you why. Not that it's bad, but if you were going to pick three matches, you picked the main event and the two six-man matches? I tell you, I'll tell you why I like the New Day versus the Wyatt family. The crowd was totally into the match. At least both, both times I watched. Cause now, I want, no, no, no. Not that that's bad, but you base everything off the freaking crowd reaction. <laughs> I, I got... Major entertainment out of this match, both live and while I rewatched it last night. All right, cool. And I felt like one of the big stories out of this match was Xavier Woods being scared, I guess, of Bray Wyatt and his stares, his eye contact, and all yeah. that. I felt like I felt like Xavier Woods sold it. Sold out greatly throughout the match, and I guess I felt they built the match around that, and I enjoyed that myself. Yeah, but you know what's really disappointing, and this is thanks for you, you sparked this in my mind. The one thing that's disappointing in this is that that story is one that I feel like should be continued, and they're on different brands, whereas Cena and Styles. And then another match were ones that should have been ended, and they're still on the same brand. I feel like Styles would have definitely benefited from this being over. Yeah. And now they're still both on SmackDown. They actually fought on Tuesday. And the the Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens match, same thing. And they even really shot themselves in the foot because they said this is the final encounter, whatever, whatever. And they're still on the same brand. They're both on Raw. Yeah. They could have they could have fought each other on Monday because they're in the separate four ways. So I feel like they should have thought about this and done a little different with the draft and splitting up feuds versus continuing feuds, whatever. Because like you said, the finish of this match and the story of this match with Xavier Woods being hypnotized by Bray Wyatt, what's the end of this story? You know, like we got Wyatt using it to his advantage and winning the match. Is that a sufficient ending to the story? Or, I don't know, are they going to come back to it at some other time? Or, I don't well, know, because it's very strange. Yeah, to me, this didn't feel like this was the blow-off of the field. I feel like Correct. this could be so much more and... Yeah, I agree with you that I wish 
the white the whole Wyatt family would be on the same show as the New Day because I even mentioned mentioned down that for the finish all a brawl broke down with all six guys. Woods turned around, saw Bray doing a spider walk, got yes. spooked. <laughs> then you know with Bray being doing his mind games, Bray stood up. Woods tried to like boot him or big boot him whatnot. Bray ducked, hit Sister Abigail. That's all she wrote. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that well another clean finish. One finisher, it's over. Yep. I feel, feel like this the new day Wyatt's could be so could could be so much more, but yeah, Bray Wyatt this is one of SmackDown. The, this is one of those times where I feel like when people say maybe the brand split wasn't as planned out as they want you to believe, I would agree with those people because it definitely seems like this story was meant to play out over a longer series, and we got the finish here where it seems like it maybe was too soon. Um, Totally, yeah. Yeah. And I guess I wanted to ask you with that, with Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper on SmackDown, what could be... Eric Rowan. Oh, sorry, yeah, Eric Rowan, my my apologies. No, 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 no problem. What what is next for them on... What could you see be next for them on SmackDown? Oh, I don't know, because, I mean, we're very early in the story here. It was a lot of kind of table setting on Tuesday, so because we got... You know, Wyatt in the in the six man. We got Rowan in the in the battle royal. Obviously, he didn't win. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they're gonna go. Bray Wyatt now has dreadlocks. Um, yeah, I noticed, so, I, yeah, I noticed that at the pay per view. So, like, he, his hair is different. He, he's dressing a lot differently. I don't know if he's trying that as a as a new character thing. He's you know in all black. He's got kind of like a leather jacket with a with a hood on it. So I don't know if he's doing something differently or if it's just kind of another page in the story or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see if they're going to keep rolling with him or if they're going to, you know, eventually once Harper is healed, bring him back with, um, with Rowan or with Rowan and Wyatt. Um, I'm not super excited to see Strowman getting a singles push. But I do hope that he just instead just kills ugly jobbers for the next <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> but I feel like that's not going to happen. Instead, we're going to see him in a main event in like three months, which I'm not super pleased about Boo. because that's usually how things go. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but we, we've, we both watch wrestling long enough to know that. Yeah. That's where they're going with it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, an interesting thing, and we'll see where we go from there. Something that I feel like is very, very interesting, since you watch the Hulu Raw, mm-hmm. you'd be able to speak more on this than I did. Okay. Sasha Banks became the women's champion, tapped out Charlotte on Raw. I believe she oh. tapped, yeah, yep. tapped her on Raw. Oh. She tapped her out on the pay-per-view. Yep. I want to get your thoughts on that at... When I first heard about it, when I read the raw results on my lunch break Monday night, I thought they hot shot it. It could have waited till SummerSlam, but I want to get your thoughts since you're the one that watched raw. I haven't got around to try to watch YouTube clips or whatnot of it. What's your thoughts on Sasha Banks tapping out Charlotte at the pay per view and becoming the women's champion on Raw? Well, it seems as if that was the original plan from okay. uh, from different sources that I've read. I read on. Pressing sheet I read on Cage Side Seats that uh, 
the original plan was going to be uh, SummerSlam. But they wanted a couple hot things on the on the first draw. And I'm not talking about the ladies, folks. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. but, but they wanted a couple hot things on the on the first raw to show that anything can happen and things like that. So they thought uh, doing the title switch, they thought about the Balor thing. And I guess to be honest with you, I thought it worked. Uh, it worked really well. And uh, it's one of those instances, one of my favorite sayings of striking while the iron's hot. Um, you come off that strong tag team match on Sunday um, that really poises... Po- I don't know. It It's the word poise, but I don't know the action verb of that. But it puts her in place for a title victory. And it's almost one of those things where do you, do you go ahead or do you spin your wheels for four weeks? And if you choose the, the spinning your wheels for four weeks, are you in a new place come SummerSlam or has it stale? And I feel like this might be one of those times where it might have staled in in sure. four weeks. I guess think of it hearing you talk about it. I did. Have you heard rumblings too that Charlotte want wanted some time off? I uh, heard it. It's that's pretty much confirmed. Not though, okay. because she has a full slate coming for in like the next like eight weeks. So. Okay, so that that totally cancels what I was going to say. Yeah. But I I do feel like you know this could. I'm interested to see a possible rematch at SummerSlam and see what happens after that. I know Sasha Banks has been getting huge reactions. This was a battleground was the first time I saw Bailey, and just how, just how loud her pop was when she when her theme song first hit. I am happy that Bailey had a one shot and one shot time on the main roster, and that should show Vince. Hey. We should bring Bailey up sooner rather than later as well. Yeah, I'm glad it worked. That's cool. Uh, I was I was very happy to see the reaction there too. And um, yeah, I you know I've been hesitant of the the big NXT stars with who have very kind of gimmicky personas because there are you know examples of ones not working. You know Emma, Adam Rose, the Vaude villains, but. I, I saw someone say this, and I don't know who it is, but like this is a different crop, and the, these people have kind of certain people have kind of transcended that. Bailey, Balor, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, those those these folks are are beyond their gimmick, and I think we did see that on, on Sunday with how huge of a reaction she get she got, and I was very pleased with that because I have loved her on uh, NXT. She's an awesome wrestler. Uh, her matches with Sasha Banks were tremendous, and you know, eventually, if we get some more of those, uh, it'd be great. And it was great to see on Monday that uh, Banks and Charlotte got twenty minutes, and they really proved that they could do it. That, that was really cool. So, I, yeah, because yeah, when I was you know getting my notes together last night, I thought about the whole Divas Revolution, like what this time last year, and mm-hmm. how they brought up you know Charlotte and Sasha and. And you know, some other ladies from NXT wanted this whole Divas Revolution stuff. But I feel like, you know, they beat that down, you know, pushed that, shoved that down our throats. And now we're pretty much getting that. I feel like now, a year later, the women are starting, are finally starting to be taken seriously, be given time, like you said, on Raw. 
And I appreciate that. I think they finally kind of have actually embraced it. You know, they it was kind of in name only for a long time last year. Now they're actually doing it. Uh, they're actually, like I said, kind of embracing it for real. Something that I guess I enjoyed while watching live Mr. Beverly Hills and watching again last night, which I had to open up your favorite Mountain Dew Black Label, <laughs> was the highlight reel. I can't believe we're talking about this before the Zane Owens match. Okay. Like This literally makes me want to puke. Okay. That we're talking about this freaky throwaway highlight reel segment oh. that had nothing on it. Okay, that that explains, that answers whatever questions I had before. But I wanted to mention it because I am happy that we've at least got a backstory on why Randy Orton signed for the match against SummerSlam against Brock Lesnar. And what's that? What's the backstory? That he wanted... To f- come back and face the biggest, baddest yeah. dude, and what impact could he do, or what other, what bigger impact could he yeah. make but facing Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam and beating him? I just can't believe they waste like twenty minutes of pay per view time on this. I was thinking about that. They could have definitely cut it, <laughs> cut it down at least in half, in half yeah. or so. Yeah, and I felt like it was kind of hilarious. Uh, I, I guess not hilarious. I found it interesting that that Orton mentioned the no enhancement needed line during, okay. during the show. And I listened, you know, I'll say I listened to Takis Jericho and Jericho kind of explained that line and all that. And both of them wanted to tie in the real life pop that Brock Lesnar had after his UFC 200 fight. And I guess I want to get your thoughts. That's um, quite an in- quite an interesting person to say at someone who is like on their final strike of uh, if they have another violation like being fired. Yeah. Like I, th- I feel like we could have picked a better person than Randy Orton to say it because he's like the one person who's gotten to like four violations. So true. Kudos, I guess. But I guess I want to get your thoughts on them tied in real life in with storylines and Orton's explanation of. Him wanting to face the biggest, baddest dude when he came back. I mean, I guess it makes... I guess it... I don't know. Answers a little question as to why they would pair those two up. I don't know. Okay. I guess that's all I really had about that. You wanted to talk about the Owen-Zane match? Let's talk about it. I didn't. Yeah, that match was awesome. It was easily, like, between four and five stars. It was so good. All of the big... Uh, match it, or all the big moves in it, the high impact moves, the moves onto the um, ring apron. Uh, the this is the one match that I do think deserved kind of the WrestleMania finish with the multiple finishers. The um, Owens telling Zane to stay down, Zane, you know, firing back, having to hit two of his finishers uh, to win. Um, just such a great story. I think kind of farted away with the fact that they're both still on Raw and they're going to ad- inevitably face each other in like two months. I feel like the only way... Now, there is a savior, I think. though The way this can be saved is if be- if they become a tag team. That would uh, be very interesting. I, I think that... Um, 
you know, they could stay apart for a little bit. Here's my fantasy booking, I guess. Like, stay apart for a little bit. Then they're forced into becoming a tag team. They obviously both hate it because they hate each other, whatever. Uh, and they grow to, you know, remember their friendship, remember their love. Be love. <laughs> be, be a tag team for a while before inevitably they, they start fighting again because that's what they're destined to be. Kinda, you know, maybe a couple of WrestleManias down the line, they're, they're fighting for the title. Your uh, idea reminds me a lot of when Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit were put together in, in 2002 on SmackDown and became the initial SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Sure. That, w- that was more of a condensed version of what I would want, but yeah. That's kind of, I mean, like, partners who don't get along is a, is a wrestling trope for going back years and years and years. But I feel like there's an added wrinkle in adding, actually going back to what you said about Orton, there's the added wrinkle of this is real. It isn't just people who, you know, have a, a storyline history and don't like each other in storyline. It, it actually has some, you know, reality to it. And I didn't have these two matches in my notes, but I thought we should maybe touch on the Intercontinental title match and the U.S. title match. What were your thoughts on both matches offhand? Um, U.S. title match, my only real uh, note is that the final accolade looked really cool, how he oh, yeah, really like, cranked back on, on I like Ryder. That. I like that, that a lot, too. Yep, and I mean, that's really my only... Uh, note there, but I thought it looked uh, uh, very cool. Um, I have to, I have to yeah, interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. I feel like this uh, match this past Sunday was a lot better than the Rusev-Titus match that we reviewed month prior. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. I mean, Zack Ryder's one of those guys. He's a, he's a solid wrestler, a good wrestler. Um, he's just not super great, and that is what it is. True, yeah. The, so the Intercontinental title match I want to get your thoughts. According to WWE.com and Wikipedia, it, that the Intercontinental title match ended in a double disqualification. Yeah, that was the they counted. They got counted out both of them. That that was the official um, ruling. Because to me, that made no sense. You know, I mentioned earlier that a buddy, you know, one of my buddies, texted me after the pay per view. And that was this was pretty much the only match he wanted to talk about because he did not like the finish of the match, and I guess I want to you know talk talk with you about that. Okay. And it, I guess to me this match, I I wasn't paying attention during the match. I'll admit that. What I got away from it though is at the end when Titus or not Titus O'Neil, <laughs> Darren Young slapped on the crossface chicken wing, and when him and Bob were walking up the. Uh, up the ramp, end of the night. Darren Young yep. was staring at, staring at his hands. It reminded me of a Road to WrestleMania 11 series that yep. we did a year and a half back. And it seems, I don't know, I haven't caught... I think that's the point. Okay. Yeah. It seems like... Why would, it, why would he just be randomly doing that? I want to well, get, get, get your thoughts and could... smarter. What a... Uh, whatever to get me all hot and bothered, Mister Beverly Hills, whatnot. Well, I guess what is your thoughts on, the, on, the, on that finish, and any other thoughts and opinions on the Intercontinental Title match? Oh, I mean, I think this is one of those throwaway matches, but I do like that they, you know, added something in with the possible. I don't know, he's going crazy or something. He's doing the Bob thing, which is cool. 
Is we'll see where it goes. Is there any other matches that we haven't ta- talked about that should be mentioned? Uh, I don't believe so because I only think the other matches are the pre-show tag team match and the Natalia Becky Lynch match, and I guess I don't really have much thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't have any thoughts on the Natalia Becky Lynch match. I oh, I, well the pre-show tag team match. I am surprised to see uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango score the victory. Well, I think they have plans for them. It would seem as if they might be a, a linchpin in the SmackDown uh, tag team division. I so think I, there's a good chance. I did like what was it when the Usos hit a big splash or whatnot, and and uh, Tyler Breeze put his knees up and turned that into a small package. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. My buddy who I went to over to, he's yeah, uh, James Benson, mm-hmm. past guest. Um, you know. Independent, re- independent referee on this in these scenes, and he thought that was a pretty cool finish too. Something yeah. that he doesn't even see much either, and I thought that was a pretty cool finish and something noteworthy. That's something I actually enjoyed yeah, on, the right pre- on. on the pre-show besides Renee Young. Huh. Yeah, cool. I'm with you. I think uh, Breeze and Fandango have showed a lot of kind of life in this tag team. I think there's. You know, maybe somewhere to go with them. So, you know, like like I mentioned before, and we talked about. I thought this was probably one. You know, at least from talking about undercards wise, probably the best pay per view of 2016. Sure. Uh, I'm totally excited to see what comes next. Yeah, I am too. I'm. Uh, you know, SmackDown didn't give me a lot of uh, kind of excitement this week. Uh, I guess I want to see what they do in subsequent weeks. Raw gave me a ton of excitement, well, think, and yeah, think of it. I heard about the, the about both Raw and SmackDown doing different camera angles, and I haven't watched it, so I really don't want to bring it up. But you mentioned you watched both Raw and SmackDown. What did you notice the new camera angles? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, SmackDown did that floating camera, the crane camera that they uh, first introduced on NXT. Okay. Uh, a few years back, do you remember that? Where it's kind of uh, from the corner, uh, the side that we usually look, and then the the corner closest to the announcers. Yeah. So it's kind of overhead there, um, which I think is cool. It looked really good in the um, the the rumble, the battle royal. Um, I didn't really notice any production differences on Raw, but I did. They did do. Um, post-match interviews, which were very cool and something that uh, I think, again, uh, introduces that sports feel that I really love uh, getting introduced in, uh, getting, a, you know, the, the instant reaction, the um, instant reaction from Balor was really cool. The instant reaction from Reigns was left some things to be desired because he came across really kind of robotic again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I might want to re- mention that he's he looked awful in <laughs> in in this week. Oh, um, Robin Reigns? Yeah. He, in the match, he wasn't... Or the, the match on Sunday, he wasn't the best. But man, in his character work on Monday was really bad. Um, Bell, <laughs> Beller said that... After they both won their respective uh, four ways, Balor came up to him in the back and he said that he was going to win because he was 
uh, Irish and uh, they had fighting in their blood or something like that. And Reigns goes, I'm going to win because I'm, I'm Roman Reigns. I'm Samoan. Nuff said. <laughs> and like, what? What does it even mean? Like, he couldn't have said because I'm Samoan and we have a, a legacy or whatever. Enough said. Like, that makes no sense. But so he looked bad there. His his post match interview didn't come across well. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with him. Uh, I think that's that's gonna be an interesting story going forward. Are they gonna keep trying to uh, push him as a as a main eventer? Are they gonna try to um, are they gonna pull him back or what are they gonna do? I'm I'm interested in where they go with him. And something I also heard too is that the the raw announcers are up on the stage, kind of yep. like. The WCW announcers were like they did when Bischoff was the Raw general manager for a while. What's your thoughts on that? I, I like that they're differentiating the shows. Yeah. Uh, that that is a is a welcome addition. I, I like that it's not just uh, two sides of the same coin. Uh, I like that they're different. So we'll might as well get into the plugs for the podcast. You guys can listen to us on three different platforms. Main event status. Com. Again, that's MainEventStatus.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash MainEventStatusRadio. Again, that's SoundCloud.com slash MainEventStatusRadio. And Mr. Beverly Hills, what is this third magical iTunes way? Oh, well, you just said it. <laughs> it's on i. Well, surprisingly <laughs> enough, the third magical iTunes way is on iTunes. <laughs> wow, mind blown. Yeah, right. Total, total mind blown there. Yeah, iTunes. If you search Made of Event Status Radio, you'll find it. So, yeah, hit the subscribe button, right? Review the shows. <laughs> we would appreciate that. You guys can interact, interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook. Yep. Uh, Facebook.com slash Man Event Status Radio. Hit the like button. Interact with us there. We're also on the Twitter machine. Mr. Beverly Hills, how can they interact with you on the Twitter? Yep, I'm at Beverly Hills MES. Uh, yeah. For yep. me, it's at Dirty Dog MES, and that's dog as in D A W G at Dirty Dog MES. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Many inventors, how you doing? Don't be a mosquito on a motorcycle. But, uh,. Honestly, since this is the last time we're going to see the Wyatts together, that means they're going to be more dangerous than ever. But, like Bone Crusher on April 8, 2003, we ain't never scared! What? Because New Shame to cry, ooh, baby. Here I am, signed to deliver. I'm yours, ooh, yeah. I went and said goodbye, and now I'm back, and not ashamed to cry, ooh, baby. Here I am, signed to deliver. I'm yours. Man.
They should get, you should get much more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good. Don, come on, bring it in, hug. We're not hug life. Stop right. it. Maybe later.